tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello, you're listening to Overtired. I'm Brett Terpstra, and I am here with Christina Warren. How are you, Christina? I'm pretty good, Brett, except right before we started recording, you were you were you were unfairly dismissive oh. of oh, our podcast like muse, like the, the raison d'etre for this podcast. You were you were unfairly dismissive of. So other than that, though, no, I'm actually pretty good. How are you? Um, I so I slept really well last night for maybe the best sleep I've gotten in a long time, which is surprising given how excited I was about my my big secret news. But yeah, how, how are you doing? Similarly, right? Like I had um, a really good sleep um, and it was one of those things where like and it wasn't one of those situations where I had to like get super high to go to sleep. So I slept for because <laughs> that happens sometimes like if I take like an edible or whatever. I'm Do like, you oh, sleep cool. well if you're high. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I never like back. I never got like a really, truly restful sleep on any any drug. Well. Okay, I'm not sure if I would call it restful, but it is one of those things where it's just like black, and <laughs> and then I just wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, no, but in this case, I mean, I had some weird dreams, which happen sometimes, but it was uh, fairly like a consistent and long period of sleep, and I went to bed like before 10 p.m., and so it was one of those things where I got like a lot of sleep. So, yeah, yeah. So I got to tell you my big news. I was going to say, please tell us your big news, Brett's Health uh, Club Corner, as well as uh, Brett's News Corner, because I think these two are probably going to be related, even if not directly. What's yeah. the big news? So, you know that uh, that thing with Oracle? Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I'm part of a developer relations team. I am. my The job title is like technical writer, mm-hmm. but it's like a full like multimedia. They're going to make use of all of the skills that I've honed ever since my days at Tua, plus my development experience. And it is, I have never felt like a job was more tailored to me. It's yeah, like, no. I got out of the industry for a decade. And in the meantime, as Elle put it, the industry grew a job for me. No, she's exactly right. That's the perfect way of putting it. And it's so funny because when you and I were talking on Systematic about my shift from journalism to developer relations and and advocacy and um, our jobs are going to be similar, like not the same, but, but, but similar in some ways and, and uh, whatnot. I kind of felt the same way when I was talking to you, even I was thinking, I was like, God, you know, if Brett wanted something like this, like he'd be a great developer advocate or, or a technical writer or whatever, but you'd be great in DevRel. I've always thought that. So this is so exciting. This yeah. is so awesome. And yeah. like, no, Ella's exactly right. They built a job for you. They, 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 the industry grew. Because you know what I think happened is that people have seen like that the most effective way to connect and, and communicate with communities is having people who are naturally part of those communities, who have already naturally on their own been doing what you and I have done like our whole careers, which is to you know, blog and chat with people and do podcasts and, and create fun side projects like you even more than me. But like, I, cause I've always been really interested in telling the stories and figuring out what stuff is and, and highlighting stuff. But like, you've also had that component where you've built so much cool stuff. Um, and uh, that really resonates with people and, and it builds trust because they know that like, if you say, try this, this is cool, or this is how you can do something like you have credibility and then you also have like integrity. So, you know, if something sucks, like you're not going to do a whole thing on it. There's like, uh, I'm going to have to be learning new stuff all the time. Yes. Which like, is so good for you. They'll be like, here, write about how Oracle works with TensorFlow. And I'll be like, yep. all right, let's sit down and do some coursework real quick. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that part. I'm also like, I've been an indie developer. I've lost count almost 10 years, I think. And I will say that it does not provide a lot of financial stability. So just the idea of having a salary and uh, and benefits and like a monthly paycheck like that. That's why last night I slept like I thought I was going to be too excited to sleep because I just found this out yesterday. Um, And then I thought like, oh, geez, that I might not sleep at all. But I did. And. And I slept 
like like a stress-free, anxiety-free sleep. It was kind of amazing. No, this is so good. And and this is where it does like I'm gonna ask you like uh obviously not like not very specific questions and whatnot, but um this is the full-time role, right? Like this isn't yeah. a contract role. No, this okay, is a so, full-time salary position. Fantastic. So that does mean that like I mean, not I think you were on Medicaid before or whatever, so you have pretty good insurance, but like this is going to be potentially an even like better level than that because you won't have to go through certain things. So like I'm I'm assuming like the it's a big company. It's a, you know, a, a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company. So, um, how do you feel to like not be in like healthcare, like <laughs> purgatory? Yeah, no, the benefits package is outstanding. I have never felt more, um, happy with, uh, with, with compensation, this is, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm a little I'm so worried that you. it's going to affect my, like, I'm very open about mental health and uh, I'm very open about uh, how I feel about things. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not to the extent you are. You're very open about how you feel like things. And Microsoft hasn't fired you. No, um, they haven't. No, so, they haven't even yelled at me. So yeah. um, I'm worried that I'll censor myself more. You probably will. I mean, look, I'm going to this is the hilarious thing. I actually do censor myself more. Um, there are things that I won't say, but there's like a line and you, you'll fill the line. You'll know it. Uh, also they hired you. You went through a background check. They know who you are. That's the thing that I would, I would tell yourself. Like, yeah, it's it, like they're not, you're, it, they're not unknown. Like you're not an unknown entity. This isn't something where they went into this, like without knowing something. And part of why they hired you candidly is because of your social reach. Like that's not even a remotely small part of it. That's actually a pretty major part of it. It's obviously your skills and whatnot, but it's the fact that so many people know you and the reach that you have. That's why they hired you. So yeah. to me, like know that also know that. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely become aware of whatever the company guidelines are uh, so that you don't breach them because you don't want to lose a job because right, that sucks. Right. But find out what the guidelines are and then find out like where to fit in that. And there are some things like I've, I don't know, like there, there are ways that there, there are things that like I kind of sometimes want to comment on. And then I think, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to comment on this. Like, which I, I think you would have less of an issue with than I would, because you don't comment on everything. And, <laughs> and so like, I'm, 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 I'm very opinionated and, and what I've learned, and this is going to be hilarious for people who listen to this pod, especially cause I'm much less like, this is the most like me that I probably am on any podcast that I do for sure. Uh, in no small part, because it's, I think probably like a, it's not a, it's, it's a smaller listenership and it's more intimate. These are people who know us for us and who've been with us a while. So uh, it feels, even though it's still just every bit as public as anything else, it feels more intimate anyway, uh, which might be, you know, a bad like <laughs> calculus on my part, but fuck it. Uh, it's still public. I know. It's still out I'm, there for everybody. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, I'm just saying, which again, I'm saying like could be a bad calculus on my part, but again, fuck it. But no, it's one of those things I think sometimes I'm like, okay, do I have to comment on this outrage, controversy, whatever thing that's happening? And sometimes I'm like, no, you know what? You don't. Like, you don't need to get involved in this fight or this war or any of this stuff. But if it's something like the Black Lives Matter stuff that was happening over the summer, I was like, had no problem being public about that. And, and the company was supportive of that. But there are lines, right? Like, I'm not going to call for violence. I'm not sure, going to sure. call for, you know, like hate or or try to, you know, um, like, uh, you know, direct harassment or whatever towards anyone. I mean, there are other things. For me, the biggest line and um, is that I don't insult the company products. I might make fun of the naming sometimes in jest. And I might, like, hearken back to, like, bad stuff from the past, like, in in a in a way that's clearly done with love. But we are like, I work at a, you know, trillion and a half dollar company that has a bajillion lines of business and not everything that like Microsoft makes, I think is fantastic. So I don't talk about the stuff that I don't think is great. I'm going to do them that courtesy. I'm not going to lie and be like, Oh, this thing is awesome. If I think that it's not, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk badly about it. And so I feel like Oracle is going to be a similar thing. Like you don't have to, talk about the stuff that you don't think is great 
You don't have to promote it. They're not paying you for that, but you don't have to and shouldn't. And I don't think you ever would anyway, publicly comment when it's bad. Yeah. No, I mean, like my entire uh, blogging career, I have never published uh, like hit pieces because if something doesn't make me happy, it's not worth my time. Like I write about things I love and that can come across as like (laughs) he loves everything. But I just ignore this stuff that right. that doesn't yeah. live up to my expectations. No, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm similar. Like I I do like bitch and complain about stuff, but the stuff that I really care about, I mean, and this is what I hear from people who like my stuff, who I work with, and and it's interesting because I get feedback sometimes from people who I work with, and and by feedback I mean positive feedback. Uh, I'm always interested. It's always interesting. There's some people that I work with who get shit for their tweets and their social posts, and then. I'm like way more out there and I don't, I'm setting myself up for this as I'm saying this to probably get screamed at for stuff. But, um, but I've also been doing this a very long time. So I feel like I have a good understanding of the line and the thing that I hear consistently. And I think this is absolutely true for you because this is part of the reason why we're friends and what attracted us to working together and and doing our podcasts and stuff is like, we're just, we get excited about stuff. We like it. We love stuff. That's fun. And and for me, like, I don't ever want to be like similar to you. Like, if it, if it doesn't make me happy, I might bitch about it on Twitter because Twitter is my hobby. Actually, a friend of mine pointed <laughs> that out yesterday <laughs> because we we all worked at the same place, which was very dramatic and very chaotic. And um, we all are no longer at that place. And we were talking about, OK, because one of our friends is about to start a new job and they're like, what am I going to do when I don't have this this drama and this chaos? And they're like, you're going to get hobbies. She's like, I wonder what my hobbies is going to be. You know, Christina's is Twitter. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Twitter is my hobby. Um, but like, if if you don't have something like that, like you're just going to share the stuff you're excited about and the cool stuff you do. And what's going to be great for them is you're going to figure out ways to do cool stuff with their different services and APIs. And that's going to be awesome but you're also still going to be able to, when it fits, work on your own stuff. I have a feeling that's going to be the thing that is going to be not the hardest for you, but maybe the thing that'll take the most time for you to like figure out the balance is not feeling guilty when you let some of your side projects and stuff not take top priority. And that's okay. Like it's going to be okay to be like, I'm still going to update the blog, still going to do my podcast, but I can let stuff go a little bit because yeah. I have this other priority, which is paying me a salary. Honestly, I want to keep doing overtired, but if I had to let uh, something go, I, I would probably let systematic go. It's uh, like, I love the show. I feel like I'm, I'm proud of the work I've done there, uh, but it takes a lot of time with scheduling yep. and then interviewing. And then it always takes way more editing than this show does. And it's, it's easily three times more time consuming than overtired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what I would say for that, I mean, you'll get the gist of things like you can always make it quarterly or, yeah. or make, you know what I mean? Like you can always adjust the the frequency quarterly <laughs> once every three months. Yeah. That, that was our schedule for a little while. It was, it was. I mean, if you make it consistent, our problem is we weren't consistent. And part of the reason that ours was so crazy was candidly was me, was my job. I was in other countries all the time and I didn't have time and we didn't have sponsors at that point. So it was it, one of those things where we didn't need to be like. I also, I, I burnt out. Like there was you a, burnt out too, a, yeah. year, a year and a couple of months that I wasn't doing systematic either. I just, I I burnt out. Yes. Okay. So we were burnt out, but we weren't, we didn't have like the pull of a sponsor to, you know, bring us in. And then, (laughs) and you know, which, which, which is a important thing. And, um, then like, also I had my day job and my, my work comes first, right? Like that's, that's what keeps me like living in nice Jordans and, um, paying for my health insurance. And so, yeah, Yeah. you know, like you, you make those choices. Yeah. No, this, this, this is, um, a life changing step for me. Uh, Everything, the world looks different to me today. And I loved being an indie developer. I loved, uh, the schedule and the life I carved out for myself in that manner. But yeah, no, this, this feels right. This feels really good. I'm so happy for you. So when, when, when do you start? 
Um, there's going to be uh, like the whole onboarding process, mm-hmm. but within the next, we'll say, month, uh, depending on how all the paperwork goes. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Welcome to the, um, oh my God, you can now be one of those like annoying people who use this an avocado as your emoji in your, um, on your Twitter. Why would I do that? Because you're a dev avocado. Uh, no, I know. Not going to do that. Not going to happen. I don't do that either. I will, I will, I will maintain my, uh, my Twitter avatar always being some weird yoga pose. Fair. I like that. Yeah. Um, 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 we have a sponsor. Sponsor. For, we have only one sponsor today. So this is not going to be a show where uh, like 30 minutes of it is dedicated <laughs> to talking about sponsors. Thank you. Thank you to our great listeners who like haven't unsubscribed for right. that. I'll be honest, that one episode we did where literally half the show was just talking about sponsors, we actually got in trouble with the sponsors for talking about them too much. That's I, our bad. I that, that's because we're bad. Like about- I got good feedback from listeners, though, who thought it was very entertaining that I went into uh, like off on tangents during a kitty poo read mm-hmm. or talking about like separate beds when we were. Yeah. Anyway, we'll keep today's concise. How's that? That sounds good. Uh, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases, languages, motivation, and more, like original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy, I can say it, binge-worthy podcasts. Hell Yeah. Their newest plan, Audible Plus, gives you full access to the Plus catalog. You can listen all you want to thousands of audiobooks, original entertainment, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows and exclusive series. That feels slightly ironic, doing an ad in the middle of a show. But if we were on Audible, you could listen to it without this ad, which would be easy because you'd already have Audible. Um, You'd already have Audible and you'd be like... What? They taught we were talking about Audible? Weird. <laughs> you can listen offline, anytime, anywhere. You can even squeeze in a workout or a guided meditation without having to go to a gym or a class. All you need is a smartphone or a tablet. It will even sync your spot in your audiobook or podcast across devices, including Amazon and uh, Amazon Alexa-enabled devices like Echoes. Right now, I'm reading a book called Clara and the Sun, and I can't, the author's name is Japanese. I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's Kazuo Ishiguro, which is probably a hundred percent wrong, but the book has me completely hooked. I'm, I'm like, it's been super charming up to this point, but they've set up like four different ways that it could go really dark. I, I have no idea how this book ends, but I'm absolutely riveted. Um, I actually have like four books going right now at once. Uh, awesome. I was jumping around, but Clara and the Sun has me riveted. Um, I'm I'm listening to Truth, Lies, and O-Rings inside the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster. Oh, wow. That sounds intense. It is. It's 26 hours. Who wrote it? <laughs> uh, it's written by Alan J. McDonald and uh, James R. Hansen. And it's considered like one of the, like, it's considered like the definitive um, kind of like investigation into the Challenger disaster, which um, I've been obsessed with since I was 10 years old. And I was born like a year before it happened. So uh, it's one of those things that um, I uh, shouldn't be like totally obsessed with, but yet have been for weird reasons my whole life. So it's really good. Yeah. I was in grade school. We were watching it on a TV in the classroom. Yeah. So many kids were, which is horrifying. Um, it's actually an interesting, like, fun note. And then we'll, we'll end our, our uh, read. It's why Peggy Lipton still has a career, because she wrote Reagan's famous and very good speech that he gave after the disaster that was like considered one of the best political speeches of the last 50 years. Fascinating. So, anyway... Audible helps people get more stories and information. You can listen while working from home, cooking, exercising, on a walk, as a family activity, or just relaxing. Listening helps people feel connected and inspired. 
Audible can also help with your personal goals, whether you want to learn something new, get more books in your life while doing other things, focus on mind and body wellness, or simply enjoy a well-deserved diversion. You set your own goals and let Audible help you reach them. You can get a 30-day free trial by visiting audible.com slash overtired or by texting overtired to 500-500, or as the kids say, 500-500. With everything you want to listen to all in one app, Audible Plus can truly become your playlist for life. It definitely has for me. I don't even listen to music in my car anymore. I'm like all audiobooks. So visit audible.com slash overtired or text overtired to 500-500. We're both obviously big fans of Audible, and it is awesome to have them as a sponsor. What else should we talk about? Okay, now we get to finally talk about the real news. Like, congrats on your job and everything. That's awesome. But <laughs> whatever, like, whatever, Taylor whatever. Swift, blah, blah, blah. Exactly, exactly. Taylor Swift won a, a, a like record for a, a woman anyway, um, third album of the year Grammy for folklore. Yay. No, that's a big deal. And it was a good album. I know you didn't like the album as much and that, that you thought it was sad. And No, but it, just to be fair, I don't care about any Grammys. It, I don't it's either. It's not a diss on Taylor specifically. I, I really don't care about them either, to be honest, except she cares so much and she like pretends like she doesn't. But especially if you watched her documentary, which you have to watch because it's really good. Uh, but if you watch Miss Americana, like it is very much like a a, a, a psyche, like like profile of her. Like, you know, we've spent years like dissecting her like emotional problems. <laughs> Professionally, yes. Right. Okay. Well, the documentary does that. Like, it has just as well. All I'm saying is, turns out we weren't wrong, Brett, on a lot of our stuff with her. So, um, <laughs> which, which makes me love her more because I'm like, yes, all the things I picked up on that, like, I love her for is very much Legit. accurate into completely. No, she, but uh, she won. Um, I didn't know if she was going to win or not because the awards were weird this year. A, it's a weird year to do awards in general because it feels like the last year didn't happen. And sure. so much stuff that came out of like art is weird. Uh, that's actually why I'm glad she won because so many of the other albums that were nominated for album of the year either came out, you know, before the pandemic started or were clearly started before the pandemic did and like sound like normal albums and don't in any way like feel like they were products of, like what actually happened in 2020, which to me, I'm sorry, is disconcerting. The the song of the year was, it's, it's called um, I Can't Breathe. And it, it was, you know, very much an allusion to um, all of the, um, you know, uh, police violence against um, um, uh, black people. Um, but that was from a relatively unknown um, songwriter, her, who's very good, but like that song, you know, has zero radio play and zero uh, kind of name recognition and whatnot. Um, whereas folklore, um, even if I, I think if you, you didn't like it, I'll th I think Elle might've liked it more than you did, but like, it's, um, it's very much a product of, of isolation and pandemic. And like, you feel all that with sure. it. So yeah, that I was, I, so I was really glad that it won, but she was nominated for five awards. She only won that one. And that's why that's one of the things that's weird is that, not always do people sweep it. Like last year, for instance, Billie Eilish won the big, um, like she went across the board. She won the whole like category. She won record album song. Um, and um, uh, I think like pop vocal, like she got like all the big categories. And um, Taylor was uh, nominated for five. She only won that one. So it was a different person who won record of the year, artist of the year, um, or not artist of the year, uh, record of the year, song of the year. And um uh, album. Uh, album of the year. So all of those were different, which is not common. You usually have um, some sort of like at least somebody repeating one of those things. Beyonce, Queen Bee also uh, won some Grammys. She always gets shut out of the major categories, which is weird. And there's definitely a racial component to that, but she is now the most or tied as the most uh, awarded Grammy person like ever performer anyway. Like she's 27 now. Um, which she deserves every single one. But uh, yeah, I was worried that Taylor wasn't going to win and they had her in the front row. So it was weird because they only had the attendees 
present for what categories they were up for. So it wasn't the typical thing where like they did it outdoors and they presumably had some people in crowds. They had weird crowd noise, but it was very clearly like a laugh tracky clap tracky thing. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was it was I didn't love it. Um, but they had like these tables, they were outside of like the Staples Center and they were all, you know, separated by, you know, six feet and every person, even though they're outdoors was, you know, wearing masks and they were able to be there with like one other person at their table. And it was a different setup for each nomination for, for like each major category that they were presenting or whatever. And so they had her in the front and I was like, are they going to have her in the front and then have her lose? Like, that's pretty shitty, right? Like, that's not cool. And then, and then part of me was like, oh, no, but they wouldn't do that to her because she even came and performed and her performance was really good. And I was like, no, they wouldn't do that to her. And like, unlike a lot of the other awards where they will bring out the Pricewaterhouse Cooper people to like be like the integrity of this, you know, uh, award is is uh, this and that. And we haven't seen the results and we don't know. And and we know that because when they made the flub uh, and the Oscars, um, Four years ago, one of the greatest live TV moments ever when they announced the wrong winner for Best Picture as La La Land, and it turned out to actually be um, um, for, um, what was it, uh, Midnight. Um, uh, Are you waiting for me now. to fill in the blank? Because I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm Best Picture 2016 um, is... Uh, no, Midnight Cowboy? No, it was Moonlight. Moonlight. That's it. I'm sorry. I could see the poster in my head. It's Moonlight. <laughs> um, so so when they made that flub, like the reason that they could do that is because the crew had no idea. Like the producers don't know who wins. The Grammys, I'm 98% sure, is not like that. Like it's not one of those things where like MTV, they absolutely know the winners in advance. I'm, But I'm pretty sure like, and everybody involved knows the winners in advance. I'm pretty sure that they call people and are like, we're not going to tell you what you won, but you won something. Will you please show up? But the Grammys, somebody I feel like in the control room at least, like, knows. I think. I feel, sure. I feel, I, feel, well, I, I mean, don't want to like definitively say that. So that was the one thing in my mind. I was like, oh, they wouldn't put her up front just to like have her lose because she would never show up again because she's petty like that. But no, but she won. And I was very excited. Also her performance, which is like a medley of songs from folklore and evermore. Very good. It was, I, um, it was not the WAP performance, which was interesting. Uh, and, uh, one of those things that I, I did actually question, I was like, okay, Janet Jackson got canceled for, you know, showing like her boob for a quarter of a second and this, which there's no nudity. And to be clear, I didn't have a problem with the performance, but it was very, very, very MTV. And I'm like, this is this sort of thing that normally would get people like upset, but I don't think anybody watched. So I don't think there was a lot of outrage. So, so Taylor won. Yay. Hey, did we get through Taylor? We shut up. <laughs> this is important to me and to our, and to our listeners. Our listeners care about our Taylor discourse. No, yes, we're, we're done with Taylor. I can name at least two listeners who who ask me to let them know when we have Taylor-free episodes so they can go listen. Awesome. Great. They can skip through the... If we put in check markers, they can ship through this. It's two people. Uh, that's like half our audience. Oh, stop. That's not true. <laughs> I know. I know. We I know. have I'm tens sorry. of hundreds of listeners. <laughs> I I have watched more of the Britney Spears documentary than I have of the uh, Taylor Swift documentary, and I haven't watched the Billie Eilish documentary. I know we were both supposed to watch that, but you had work stuff and I had work stuff. Um, the Billie one I've heard is really good. There's also a Demi Lovato one that I'm kind of excited about, I and I hate Demi Lemonade. Lovato. Oh, Lem- Lemonade is great, but that's an art film. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, as great. long as we're talking about like music, music related films. Well, I didn't expect, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't expect you to see Lemonade. I, with this, we, we talk about Beyonce so little on this podcast. I know. I feel like we're doing a disservice, but I'll be honest. I've never listened to an entire Beyonce song. I was going to say, you don't, you're not like, and, and this is our generational, like this is our, because like, we're close in age, but we're not like, this is where our generational like gap happens because Beyonce is like a year older than me. So she and I are firmly of like the same era. And like, you're, you were just past that. Like you just, you were never to destiny's child. 
you and you certainly would not have even entertained pop music when Destiny's Child was a thing. Right, like right. You, you would have not Although, even like. You know, I got into like TLC a little bit. Yeah, I totally. Least, I could at least enjoy their songs at like high school dances. Well, that's what I'm saying. But by the time you're out of high school, so imagine like five years after TLC, mm. would you want to listen to like a no, TLC I didn't have high school dances anymore? This is what I'm saying, right? So like you missed. This is my point. Also. And and this is and I have nothing but love for Destiny's Child and and Queen um, Beyonce herself, but TLC was a better group. Like they were more talented because the trio was talented. Whereas Destiny's Child, Just the joke Beyonce. was, yeah, well, and the joke was because they kept firing numbers, which is hilarious. Uh, and uh, and and honestly, some of the reasons that those girls were fired was fucked up because her dad was the manager. And her mom made their costumes. And the only other girl who was in it the whole time is her cousin. And like, it was, but it was clear from the beginning. Like, I mean, and I feel bad because I don't want to be like, you knew what you got into. Cause like some of these girls got into it when they were like 11 years old. So like, no, you didn't know what you got into, but your parents maybe should have. And I don't want to even say how many parents would have that like awareness, but it's one of those things where I think everybody was kind of like clean. They were like, no, like, um, this is the Beyonce show and the rest of you are, are backgrounders and, and maybe you'll get like a chance to sing a verse every now and then. Right. But like the reason why she was cast so perfectly in dream girls is because that is like the, you know, um, story of the Supremes essentially. And she is Diana Ross in that group. Right. Like she, it, like she was, um, but um, I guess, I guess, uh, uh, Latoya would have been the um, Effie, but anyway, I'm going to stop that analogy, but um, so yeah, but you just barely missed Beyonce. No, but, but TLC is better because they, um, A, they wrote their own music where they didn't write all of it, but they wrote some of it. Like, like uh, Lisa wrote her raps and they were more involved in that. Whereas, you know, Destiny's Child was very much singing songs that other people had written in that were, would sound good with their voices. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just, that is a difference. And they were, um, there's an edge to TLC that you didn't have, especially the first two albums that you didn't have with uh, Destiny's Child ever. Um, so, yeah. Wow. And I, I, but anyway, that's, that's, I, I could, I'm going to stop now because I could actually continue to go on about um, the discourse with uh, 90s um, girl groups because the only two that really exist and now, now I will actually stop after I finish this thought. It's interesting. <laughs> I think about it. There are so many boy bands and, and boy groups like, like that's goes, goes throughout history. Even now, like BTS, like you see it, there are so few girl groups, like there are so few. And it's, uh, the, the two, you know, that I can literally name off the top of my head would be TLC and Beyonce and TLC, um, especially their, their second album, which, uh, sold like 20 million records or something insane, is like seminal. Uh, but, uh, but I also love destiny's child and, and won't ever apologize for that. Cause I danced at high school dances to destiny's child. If you want uh, me and me and the to two aforementioned listeners, we can, we can just go for a while. If you give Shut me a up. time, we can come back. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Let's you. talk about, let's I talk totally. about tech stuff now. Let's talk about so, tech stuff. You now. know what I realized that's stupid, obvious, but it just dawned on me yesterday. What's that? For every power tool I own, I have 30 tiny screwdrivers. Like I have a tiny bit for every possible Torx and Phillips head you could imagine. But Do you have only, an iFixit toolkit? Oh, I have multiple iFixit toolkits and some of the, I have one of their screwdrivers that like you can, uh, it has like eight different heads in the handle and oh, you cool. like slide the, you slide the, the driver part out and it pulls the the bit back inside and then you rotate the handle and when you push it back it has a different bit i love that thing oh that's awesome um and i have one that uh it's just a little pocket screwdriver and it unscrews and on in inside it holds eight different bits and you it's not as cool because you have to like dump them out into your hand and find the one you want but it's very handy i keep it on my desk all the time i only own two three-prong extension cords, but I have probably a hundred different USB cables in like eight different formats. Right. I definitely. I could fix your sink. Like I can do it. I I can even do some basic car maintenance, 
but I would rather take apart your computer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, so it is interesting because I could take apart your computer. I could take apart like your graphics card. Um, I wouldn't touch your power supply cause like I don't want to <laughs> die. Um, cause capacitors and, but, uh, and like stored energy and I don't want to die, but I couldn't take apart your sink. I couldn't take apart carburetor. I'm freaked out even looking at those things. I think I've told you, I might've told you this before. Um, the only, it was weird. The thing that finally clicked with me about how like you install a head unit, like in a car, like if you're installing like a, like a radio, you know, I guess this point would be like a Bluetooth, you know, CarPlay unit or whatever. But you know, in the old days it used to be like a CD, like head unit or whatever. That whole process seemed so foreign to me until like I finally looked at it and I was like, Oh, so it's like installing a, 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 a CD. <laughs> it's like installing a CD drive in a computer. And then it was like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like sure. that was like that was like the way that I had to put into it. So um, I'm impressed you can do both, to be honest. But it also seems like all of your repair stuff is you're like, please let me take apart your electronics. I grew up with a very handyman, mechanical father. Um, I I should have learned a lot more than I did, but through osmosis, I picked up a lot of handiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say my dad is unhandy. But he's not handy. Like we had a, a he had like a tool, um, like um, what what do they call it? Uh, like a what's what's the a tool? Uh, yeah, thank you. He had a workbench in the in the garage, and he had like a, a wall of tools, and he had you know stuff. Um, but I think that most of it was performative, to be honest, because I don't <laughs> ever really recall him fixing anything. Like I guess he could technically if you needed to, but it was like we're just gonna call someone. Um, he did take the chainsaw to his cast once, which is the most <laughs> epic my dad thing ever. So what happened was he um, he was hunting um, deer and he fell from like a 10 or 12 foot like um, a, um, a deer stand, hunting stand, whatever. And he tore the ligaments pretty severely in like his left or right leg. And um, he was fine other than like the whole ligament tear thing. And they, and they put him in a, like a, a cast and he had to shower, you know, with like a bag around it. And it was painful. And he didn't like it. And it was a pain in the ass. And he maybe went a week into this. And my mom came downstairs and she sees little bits of like white fibers in the carpet and just small ones, like not even big ones. And she's like, Sai, let me see your leg. No. Sai, <laughs> let me see your leg. No. That motherfucker hobbled his way to the garage, got a chainsaw and cut off his cast because he was like, this is a pain in the ass. Um, but um, yeah, I, I also, I'm a girl and not to say that girls can't be like just as handy as boys because obviously they can, but we're in most cases still not socialized yeah. to do that. So for me it was like when I was, you know, in my like, early teens and I started getting into computers, that was when I first started taking stuff apart, which is late because a, a lot of like boys and some girls too, like will take apart, you know, their gadgets and stuff much younger. But for me, it was like, I need to upgrade the RAM in my computer and I need to put in a faster modem. So I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. So, all right. So, so you, you have all these tools. I think that was going to be a lead into your ultimate hacking keyboard. You know, I, I actually was pondering a segue there. But it yes, let's just do that. Let's say, um, speaking of tiny screws <laughs> and things that I didn't have to take apart. So yes, uh, pre- uh, previously on Overtired, uh, <laughs> you may recall that I had received the Ultimate Hacking Keyboard version two, but it had the wrong bootloader, and my options were to take it apart and solder it and and do stuff with probes that I, I don't even understand. Or to send it back to Hungary and let them do it and send it back. So I I went with the latter option. Mm-hmm. I got it. Only took like a week uh, this time, and I had it back in my hands. And I have been using it, and it is. I am going to be when this is officially out and everyone uh, can go purchase it. I mean, I guarantee they'll be behind on orders because it's a small company and there's a big demand. But absolutely, I will be very excited to talk to talk about this. It is it's super cool. Um, so, so can you share anything about yeah, it? Sure. Or? Sure. Um, I didn't think I cared about RGB backlighting. 
but that yeah. is the most like prominent feature of V2. And uh, so like it has all these different layers, mod keys and mouse keys and function keys. And when you hold down any of the keys that trigger those layers, the lighting changes to show you not only what keys are assigned to that layer, but what kind of keys. So like modifier keys and uh, mouse keys and regular keys and uh, combo keys, like they all get different colors. So it's very easy to remember because my mod layer is this bizarre collection of like things that mute my sound or skip tracks and things that are arrow keys and things that are mouse movement keys. And it's really cool to have it like color coded for me. I'm actually really digging that. And that's awesome. It has hot swappable switches. So I got blue switches in this one, but what I really want to try are box white switches. I've never used box switches of any kind, and I'm very curious about them. So someday, after I get bored with these blue switches, I am going to hot swap for box white switches. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, the big, the, and also the big change for you, because you weren't really able to play with this before, You've you obviously were one of the... Kickstarter backers and like early enthusiasts at the ultimate hacking keyboard, the original one. Um, But you didn't have all of the different um, mod keys, right? The the modules, the like the modules, modules. right? Like the thumb modules, but you have them, but you have them now on this one, right? Yes. So what I'm really curious to hear like your perspective, um, what you think of those. Cause I know that one of our listeners like had a really cool setup that we saw, like with his thumb modules, like with the scrolling stuff. And that was really modules for like scrolling stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was just curious, like how you, if you have any of those set up and if you've played with them. Yeah, totally. Uh, as, as a beta tester, I've taken my responsibility very seriously. Um, the mouse modules are they're they're It's a cool idea. I, they won't replace my trackpad for me. Um, I'd like them for scrolling. Uh, it's really handy to be able to scroll up and down while I'm have my fingers on the keyboard, but the key cluster module that adds three extra keys by my left thumb, that one I love. I've gotten, right now it's just assigned to delete backspace and return. And I've gotten uh, used to the delete key because normally that's function backspace. So it's like mm-hmm. a, a, a stretch from pinky to pinky. And now it's just moving my thumb over an extra inch and I have a delete key and I've totally, like my muscle memory is registered that and i don't have to it's just cool it's fun plus you can put those uh those three extra keys onto layers so you can have them do different things with like the mod and function layers uh which i haven't developed the muscle memory for all the things i've tried yet but i will like that that module is totally worth having awesome that module in addition to three keys it has a little trackball at the bottom with two buttons so you can, right now I have that set up for scrolling. I don't use the buttons for clicking, but uh, it's kind of, it's all in one. So I don't need the right-hand modules. Uh, I, I, I think they're cool. I think some people will, will get into them. I, they don't have right now uh, accelerated scroll uh, movement. So like if you want to move, if you have the trackball module on the right and you want to move mm-hmm. your mouse across a 27-inch screen, 15 little thumb movements. And oh, so you, so, so you have to do an individual thing for each one? What do you mean? Like, like, like you have to like flick and then flick again and then flick again? Right. Like you can't right. just go in a continuous motion? Well, I mean, you can, but your thumb only moves so far. Right. No, I mean, I understand that. I'm just saying, so, okay, so, so it goes and then it pauses. So it's, so it's not a continuous. Right. Right. Okay. That, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. Like, cause when you were saying accelerated, I was assuming software accelerated, meaning that you didn't have that like momentum scroll, like when you scroll down and you can go faster with more force. What you're saying is there's actually a limit to how far the, how, how, um, the mechanism works. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like and a stopper that, and then you got to do it again. I think get better. I think they'll improve on that. Uh, but my feedback was pretty detailed on what I thought would make it better. Uh, but obviously, like I have the modules I have and the software is where it's at. So we'll see how those develop. Uh, I think out of the out of the three, I have a trackball, a track point and a trackpad module. And out of those three, I think I actually like the track point the best. Like I never had one of those PCs with the, like the J key or whatever it was the little nipple in the middle compact I think used to make them. 
I, I know I, it was a Lenovo. Yeah, I never had one of those, so I had never really used a track point of any kind. Yeah, I'm not but, a fan personally. Yeah, if you're using your thumb though, a track a track pad like the angle gets weird. You actually have to rotate your wrist to right. get a straight across movement. Uh and that could be adjusted software, but the track point feels a lot more intuitive to me. Yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. And there are people who like like swear by the the nipple thing, like who love that and who find the have amazing precision with that. I personally was never able to really get into it. I think I got close once. It was one of those things I had to like use. I was reviewing a laptop, I think, and I, I like forced myself. And after like the second or third day, I was like, okay, I can kind of get into this, but it was still not something that was going to be second nature to me, but I could see like, especially if you're able to customize it the way that you can with this, that you could, you know, um, customize and, and, you know, make adjustments in the software that you could make that work for you. Uh, so uh, brain, brain switched. Mm -hmm. Do you fidget? Oh yeah. Oh man. I, it has gotten really bad for me lately. I have this I, I don't know when I started doing it, but I like I rub the back of my fingernails against the palm of my hand from like base to fingertip. And I go back and forth and it's not something I was doing consciously, but it's become such a habit for me that I've got like raw, mm -hmm. like it actually hurts. And I'll find yeah. myself doing it and realize that I'm doing it. And my hands will be like stingy almost from doing it so much and it's just a light touch it's like a tickle almost but you do that a thousand times oh mm -hmm. man i that's fidget's gotten bad for me i need a i need a new fidget toy yeah i fidget and like part of the reason that i bite my nails or whatever i think is i used to always blame it on anxiety um and i'm sure that's part of it but i think a bigger part of it is just like it's a fidget thing it's just one of those things that i do it's the same reason like there will be like if i have like when I was little, I like this, I, I try not to do this now, but then usually I don't have scabs now, but like if I would have like a scab or whatever, like, you know, like, you know, like you pick at it, you know, and there are other little things where if I would find like a, a bump on my skin or whatever, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to like fixate on that. They're just, they're things that, um, that yeah, I definitely am a fidgeter. Do you have a, do you have a fidget toy that works for you? I don't, but I should get one. My, in general, my fidget toy is my phone. Yeah. Um, the game threes oh my is God, really yes. good for me. The game yeah. threes is like my favorite fidget toy. Yep. If I'm being totally honest. Absolutely. I, I have never been able to let go of threes. Me either. It's one of my favorites. And, and, and I'm still mad that like, um, uh, you know, uh, what was it like a 2048 or whatever, yeah. you know, like, like stole it. And, but 2048 didn't stick for me. Like I enjoyed no, me playing either. it, but it I, was too, no threes. Is no threes. Well, because they didn't have the physics, I yeah. think, like for me, the physics of threes is just the way that it feels and is like springy. I don't know. It's because it, I need that it part of it. It is a perfect game. It is a perfect game. So threes is one of those that I play in meetings to this day all the time. Um, and I always have to explain to people, and some people are open to this. Some people that are you absolutely not. better while you're playing. Yes. And some people are really open to that, and some people are really not. And it's kind of interesting because we are now having in the industry, uh, and you'll probably find this out more now that you're going to be, and maybe you will, maybe you won't be, maybe you won't be more on, on, um, like a developer, like corporate developer Twitter, but in corporate developer Twitter, there are all these conversations about how people work and about mental health and about, um, like ADHD and about other stuff. And, um, ADHD, especially for people who've been diagnosed as adults, has become this really big thing over the last, I would say, 18 to 24 months, Yeah, uh, which um, is interesting and, and is great for me as someone who's, I mean, I was technically diagnosed as uh, a teenager, but um, uh, I really didn't like know that I had it until I was um, a young adult, um, you know, like like probably like, like 20. Um, I would say that it was clear to me that it was more than just the fact that um, the medication was helping counteract some of the side effects of some of the other medications and that I'd kind of had this latent ADHD-ness my whole life just because my perfectionism hit it so well. But um, so it's been great for me to like have these conversations because you and I have obviously been very open about talking about our own struggles um, and coping mechanisms for years, but now it's becoming this weird industry conversation, which is great but the hilarious thing is, is that a bunch of employers and people all want to be like woke about it and woke about like 
how you can be accommodating to people with it. But I have still run into situations, obviously less working from home because people can't see you unless you turn your camera on. But I have run into situations where, because I always explain to managers, and I did this in journalism jobs, done this everywhere. I'm like, hey, if I'm on my phone and I'm not looking at you, I'm so sorry. I know that's rude, but this is literally the only way I can concentrate. Like, this is how I deal with this. And you can ask me, you know, follow up questions. I, I assure you I'm listening. If I'm not, and it's, you know, becoming like a thing, then we can talk about it. But like, this this is my accommodation. This is what I need. Yeah. And some people have been open to it. Some people like, I would say most people probably don't believe me when I say that, right? I would say the, the initial reaction from most people, managers, people that I've told that to is that they say, okay. And then they're rolling their eyes internally and being like, she's full of shit and just must be on her phone. What they'll learn over time is that, because I'll pipe in and I'll talk and have full understanding of everything that's been said, is that I'm actually correct and, and that that I'm focusing on exactly, you know, like I said, I was. But there are some people who just dismiss that out of hand. And I had a manager um, at um, my job um, who, he was kind of dismissive. In fact, when I told him about something, he was like, well, you're just you. Like the way he... Because I'd, I'd explained it to him early on, and, and when he was talking about how he gave a presentation, and people didn't seem engaged. And I was like, "Well, you know, I was listening, but I was, you know, on my phone because that's what he was like." Well, yeah, that's just like the way he said it about me. I was like, it was really dismissive, and it was really it was one of those things. I was like, "This is really this makes me feel pretty shitty, to be yeah. honest." Yeah. Um. So it's interesting that like we're now having all these conversations about adult fidget toys and about how we deal with our ADHD and whatnot, but at the same time, there is still there's like this latent disconnect, I think, between like how accommodating and woke and aware people want to appear in public and then how they act in private. But I will say it is at least getting better. And the fact that it is becoming like a public conversation and that people like want to be on the right side of it is certainly a good thing. It's certainly one of those things where we're like, well, yeah, play your game, play your, play, play your threes game, get your fidget toy. Well, I think do, in schools too, like... I think, uh, like, I've heard anyway that teachers are making more accommodations for students who actually are going to learn better if they're allowed to fidget with something at their yeah. desk. Because historically, they would take they, away they anything would take that away. in your hands. Yes. No, they would take it away. And they would, they would, it was terrible. Like, I used to draw in class. I used to do other things. Like, I remember I used to, actually, it's hilarious now that I think back, I used to write my notes backwards. <laughs> and um, I love that. Yeah, because that was a way for me to have to do two things at once. Yeah. Like that would be how my brain could like deal with everything happening. Yeah. Is I would write my notes backwards because that would require an extra layer of concentration. Yeah, makes perfect and sense. It, totally. Um all, and then I would get in trouble for writing my notes backwards sometimes. And I'd be like, You're not reading my notes. What what the hell do you care? Um to this day I can write very well backwards. Uh but yeah, I remember getting in trouble for playing on my calculator, like in English class. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be playing Tetris and be like, what is this? And wanting me to answer something. I'm like, yeah, I already did the reading. This is what we were talking about, you know, and I, but I'd, I'd get yelled at. Um, so yeah, I've heard that too, anecdotally, that teachers are being more accommodating, which is great. But yeah, um, I need a new, threes is my fidget toy, but I probably need to get like another one, but I would so, say my phone. I do feel like we have a fair number of ADHD and, and neuroatypical people in our listenership. So I'm putting out an official call. Let us know on discord or on Twitter. What's a good fidget toy for adults. Yeah. Like I, I just, I need something that's not going to make my hands turn raw. Exactly. Let's get Brett a new fidget toy. Like what can we get him? I, I have like that. one that's yes. like a dodecahedron with like a different kind of like button or switch on every side of it. And it's kind of perfect, except it's big enough that it doesn't make a great little like, like I need something I can just play with like in my lap without even having to look down and that fits in the palm of my hand very easily. I'll, I'll find something. Someday. Would a Rubik's, would a Rubik's, would a Rubik's cube work? You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that might actually feel a lot like threes. Yeah. I've never solved a Rubik's Cube in my life, though. I haven't either, but I keep seeing, like, I know all these YouTube videos where they'll show people who can solve them, like, insanely quickly. Uh And then that excites me because I'm like, oh, there's a pattern involved to this. You just need to learn the pattern. And that is one of those things that, that excites me. But I would think even without, like, solving it, 
just maybe even the motions of, you know, doing it would be yeah, fidgety I, enough. Yeah. What's your threes know. high score? Let me find it. I while while you look, I will say that my high score, and I've gotten like I keep getting really close to it, but 187,350 is where I've maxed out. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm at uh like I've only gotten as high as 768. Mm. So like as, as my match, I've never been able to get past that. So I'm at my 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 threes is like 30,000. I've hit the 3072 a couple times. Wow. I go so fast. Do you take your time with it or do you go super fast? I go I would super say I'm fast. I'm in, in the middle. Like if I go super fast, it's going to be a shorter game. If I stop yeah. and and sometimes I just get in this groove where I'm actually in in the times that I get the highest score are these times when I'm actually seeing I'm doing the math ahead of like I'm seeing that this 3 could easily become a 24 if right. I move like like I'll see all the pieces and mm-hmm. I'll be able to put them together more than one move in advance and I'm not just yeah. reacting to what's new on the screen. Um, right. Those are the times that I score really well. And I don't know how it is I get into that groove. It just happens. Sometimes. It just happens. That's interesting. Yeah. I've had that happen a couple of times. Um, I play a lot of match three games as well. And sometimes that's the same way where you just like, you know, you're on. And those are obviously, I mean, there's a chance element to threes as well. Yeah. Totally. Um, but, but, but those are, uh, you know, like, like the bejeweled, you know, the, the, the class of games that bejeweled created and then didn't really profit from. Um, I I play those games and yeah, there are times when you're just kind of like, you know, that the game is going to go well. You're yeah. like, you're like, okay, this is going to be like a high score game. Tetris is like that too. Oh yeah. Um, sure. I love Tetris. Like Tetris is one of those, like, and I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done this. Maybe they have, they probably have, uh, but it, I'm uh, kind of surprised that they haven't just made like a handheld version, like, like the old tiger games things like oh, right, Tetris. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause just, I'm I'm not in favor of single use devices, but I would totally get something <laughs> like Nintendo could actually Nintendo's stupid. They should just release because they released this this uh, game and watch thing for like their 30th anniversary or whatever and or 35th anniversary or something and Mario's 35th anniversary or something and. I never used the game and watch. I've, I had no idea that it was even a real thing. I thought that there was like a watch component to it. It turns out it was just like a clock. I don't even know. Um, but it was like a really early handheld game kind of thing. And, and um, they should have just released, they should just release like a Game Boy that's like that, but is smaller, but is styled like the original Game Boy that has the original Tetris with the original music on it. And that has like a monochrome screen and they should sell it for 50 bucks and they would sell 10 million of them. You ever play 3D Tetris? Yes. I love that. It, yeah, it's pretty fun. And it makes me think that there should be an AR 3D Tetris by now. There should. There should there should definitely be like a, an AR or like a virtual like Tetris. Yeah, 100%. You're exactly right. I Oh my God, an AR Tetris would be so fun yeah. because you could move stuff around. That would, oh my God. All right. Yeah. We're, we're both quitting our awesome tech jobs and we're going into we're starting a development company to make ar 3d tetris and it's going to be a huge hit and we're never going to have to worry about money again i uh, yeah except for the whole licensing of tetris but yes jeez there's always something (laughs) but it's a good idea we should maybe bring it to those people and be like hey we have this idea pay us you know here's here's your non-disclosure agreement and here's my demands um anyway all right we should go. Yeah, we should go. But um, huge news for you this week. Totally. Congratulations. I'm so Thank happy you. for you. Thank you. So happy for you. And uh, huge news for Taylor Swift, most importantly. Most importantly. Yes. I, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll just be happy for Taylor Swift. I don't have to poo-poo on this. I don't no, have to be a dick be, about this. No, you don't. Just, just be happy for Taylor. Like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to, I mean, you. Look, I think we all kind of agree, like, the institution of the Grammys is bullshit, but, like... Plus, I don't want to hurt her feelings when she listens to this podcast, so... This is very true. She's... Thanks for listening, Taylor. Congratulations. Congratulations, Taylor. Thank you for listening to us. (laughs) No, but for real. Um, uh, Congrats to you on uh, 
on the gig. I'm so excited for you for that. And uh, also congrats on getting the ultimate hacking keyboard because that's very exciting. Oh, you I know what we have to talk about next time is mono space fonts with ligatures. Yes. Yes. Oh uh, I have many thoughts. I have many <laughs> thoughts. I'll add it to add it to next week's show notes. There's a really good one that um, Microsoft put out that's from the WSL and the Windows Terminal team called um, uh, Cascadia. Yeah, which I really I've been like. trying that out. Yeah, um, I still love I, JetBrains, but yeah, I, I have do Cascadia too. No, I, I, I love here. Jet. I love the JetBrains or JetBrains Mono, whatever the hell they call it. I love that one. Um, I like Dank. Um, mm-hmm. I have a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, oh, because I've been. Thinking- it's been at least a couple episodes since we've had a good Monospace font discussion. Yeah, it's been like a year, I feel like. So it's time for us. It's it's been like a few months. Okay, it's been a few months, but we can talk about this again. Okay, deal. We'll talk about it again. I don't think we got into the ligature conversation. No, I I feel like that might be new ground for us. Yeah, then we can get the ligature thing. We can also talk about like our feelings on like um, uh, PS lines and some of the other like add-on scripts and like where you fall on that dichotomy like is does it ruin because there are some people who even think ligatures are bad yeah but there's 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 like a whole purist discussion about like how you add stuff to your to your monospace fonts and and with your command line setup i would love to get into the politics of that with you sounds good all right christina get some sleep get some sleep brett the system is going down low.